Luke 9, 46 through 50. We are flying through the book of Luke. Already almost done through chapter 9, and it's only the 32nd sermon. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Luke part 32. Uh, <clears throat> Some of you older folks, this might be the last book you hear preached. Some of, some, of the, some of my attempts at humor are not in my notes, because if I would have put that in my notes, I would have quickly deleted that, realized that's not appropriate. Sometimes my editing software fails me. Luke 9, 46 through 50. An argument arose among them, that's the disciples, as to which of them was the greatest. But Jesus, knowing the reasoning of their hearts, took a child and put him by his side and said to them, whoever receives this child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For he who is least among you all is the one who is great. John answered, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, And we tried to stop him because he does not follow with us. But Jesus said to him, Do not stop him, for the one who is not against you is for you. All right, let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for these verses. And uh, we pray that you would help us, um, that you would help us to see greatness the way you see it, to pursue it the way you would have us to pursue it. We pray these things in Jesus' great name. Amen. So, um, we all want to be recognized. Uh, That's part of what it means to be human, is is we want to be recognized, we want to be appreciated, uh, we want people to know how hard we're working to to, to be a good spouse, or a good parent, or a good grandparent, or, or a faithful friend. You, you want people to know the sacrifices you're, you're making to be faithful, to, 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 be, to be a faithful giver to church, to be a faithful servant at church. You're trying to bless people in church. We're, we're, we're trying to be good people, and we want, we want to be recognized. We want, we, want, we want people to know. We want to have some appreciation for that. If you are human, and, and, and most of you are, then like me, you want recognition. You want people to understand you and to appreciate you. I mean, there's, there, there, um, the, the, there are those of us who suffer with, like, uh, with chronic um, pain or, or, or constant sorrow. And, and we want people to understand, just, we just want people to walk a mile in our shoes so that they understand what it means for us to be faithful and, 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 and what we sacrifice. We, we want people to, to understand us and appreciate us. We have some bad news in today's verses. Um, that's not the way following Jesus works at all, really. It's not that Jesus doesn't want us to be great. Jesus wants you to be great. He wants you to pursue greatness. 
He wants, I mean, the, the, the thrust of the New Testament is that, is that we walk in a way that's worthy of the gospel. Is there a greater life than one that's lived, that's, that's worthy of the gospel? There's no, that's, that's greatness. Jesus wants you to be great. He wants you to be great. But he doesn't want you to pursue recognition. He wants you to be great, but he also wants you to fight hard against pride. And so that's what this passage is about. It's about pursuing greatness the way Jesus wants us to. As we look at these five verses, we see, we see three ways we can pursue greatness the way Jesus wants us to. Three ways we can pursue greatness the way Jesus wants us to. Number one, first thing we must do, number one, remember the grace of Jesus. Remember the grace of Jesus. Verses 40, verse 46 is very interesting. A very interesting verse, isn't it? An argument arose among them as to which of them was the greatest. Um, I, I read a few um, commentaries on this passage uh, because I wanted to I wanted to know how normal that would have been in the first century because that feels very weird. Doesn't that feel weird? That's like if if I go to drop Haddon off in the nursery and the nursery workers are arguing about which of them is the best nursery worker. That's really weird. I mean, that's if you come into the office tomorrow and and. Colin and I say, settle a bet for us. Who's the better pastor? You'd be like, I don't know, but I'm not ever coming back to this church. (laughs) You guys sort that out yourselves. That's weird. Isn't this a little strange? And so, so some commentaries said it, it might have been it might have been more normal than we realize. People, people in the first century were all they were there. This was a topic of conversation, sorting out, sort of ranking people. It was, uh, who is the greatest? Who is the most honored? It, it, it was, it was kinda, maybe, uh, acceptable in some weird way. Jesus sees it as sin, though. Jesus sees it as, as sin. Because he sees what's going on in their hearts. And, uh, and it gets even weirder, really, when we think about the fact that Jesus has been talking, um, about him going to Jerusalem to die. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem to die. He is going to be arrested. He is going to be betrayed. He is going to be condemned. He is going to be beaten and mocked and spit on. And he is going to die for crimes he did not commit. So he tells his disciples this, and then they argue about which of them is the greatest. This is a little bit like if my, if my neighbor passes away, and I know he's got Chicago Cubs tickets for next week. And I say to his widow, hey, you know, he's not going to use those. He, he really liked me. Can I just have them? It's a little insensitive. Maybe don't talk to the widow at the funeral about that. That's what we have here. Jesus is preparing, and he's talking to his disciples about his coming death, and they're like, yeah, but which of us is the best? That's not a good look. I don't think that most of us would do this out loud. I don't think most, I think, I think most of us have like the social awareness to know, 
you don't do that. You just don't do that. But Jesus is looking at their hearts. He's, he's, verse 47 says, he sees the reasoning of their hearts. And Jesus knows the reasoning of our hearts as well. He knows we wouldn't probably get into those conversations out loud, but he also knows we often have pretty deep-seated desires for people to understand and to recognize us. To know how great we are. How much we sacrifice. How important we are to our family. How much we pray for everyone in the church. How much we, we've cared for people in the church over the years. If only people knew, they would rank me higher than they do. We have a hard time not comparing ourselves to other people. We have a hard time not figuring out where we rank among the other people in the church, the people in our community. Jesus knows that we struggle with this. We, we don't want to admit it, and we wouldn't admit it out loud probably. But Jesus knows we struggle with this. And so Jesus does something very surprising here in verses 47 and 48. But Jesus, knowing the reasoning of their hearts, took a child and put him by his side and said to them, whoever receives this child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. Um, Why does Jesus do this? This is weird. Why does Jesus bring this child over? So the disciples are arguing about who is the greatest, and Jesus brings a child over and, and, and brings him over to his side. Jesus does that very intentionally, to bring the child over to his side. What is, what is, what is the significance of that? Well, the, the side is his place of honor. If you are seated at the side of a, of a ruler or a king or a rabbi, if you are seated at the side of someone honorable, that is a, that is a place of honor for you. Jesus is giving this small child a, a place of great honor. Why is he doing this? No, no one would have done this. In the, in the first century, there was like this Jewish proverb that said, if you, if you don't want to make anything of your life, I'm paraphrasing here, if you, if you, if you don't want to make anything of your life, then you, you sleep in late, you, you drink at noon, and you hang out with children. You, you talk with kids. The person who talks to kids that's like the person who, who gets drunk at noon, the person who sleeps in. They're headed for nowhere. This is not what great people do. This is not what significant people do. It's not, it's not, what, it's not what people who are moving, and they're, they're moving up the social ladder, they're going to make them something of themselves. They don't talk with children. Children were loved in the first century, but they weren't uh, what you would consider, like they weren't valued. So what is Jesus doing here? This would have been ridiculous. And the disciples are going to struggle with this concept throughout the book of Luke. They're not, it's not like they're just going to get it here and then be good. They, they're going to continue to struggle. Why is Jesus giving this small t- child a place of great honor? What is Jesus teaching his disciples and what is he teaching us? He's reminding us of his grace. If we are going to be great the way Jesus 
defines it. We have to remember the grace of Jesus. And so that's what Jesus is doing here. He's reminding His disciples and He's reminding us of His grace. We, we are exactly like this small child. We are completely dependent. We don't deserve a place of honor. We're not helping anyone's status by being there. We haven't accomplished anything. We are in Jesus' family 100% because of Jesus' grace. A small child like this is needy. They need food. They need shelter. They need protection. They're not able to, to, to contribute anything substantial. They're not able to pay their own way. This is exactly how it is with the disciples. In their own strength, they are not great. This is a silly conversation to, to be arguing about who is the greatest. Because in their own net worth, none of them are great. If they were left to themselves, they could never rise to greatness before God. They are this small child. This is who they are. They have been brought in. They have been brought into Jesus' inner, inner circle because of His grace. And that's the only reason. Jesus does not love me because of how great I am. You, you would think that I wouldn't have to tell myself that very, very often. You're like, Steve, he knows. But we, we have to tell ourselves this. Jesus does not love me because of how great I am. Jesus did not come from heaven looking for great people. He didn't. He didn't. Jesus doesn't love me because of how great I am. And that is very good news. But here's the flip side of that. What Jesus is teaching us in this passage, though, is this. No, no, he didn't. He didn't come to love me and to choose me and to bring me into his family. He didn't do that because of how great I am. But on the other side of that, though, I can be truly great because Jesus loves me. I can live an actually significant life. I can more and more and more live a life that's actually worthy of the gospel, which is, I, you have to, you have to agree with me, right? That that is the definition of a great life. A great life is one that's walked worthy of the gospel. The New Testament wouldn't command that to us if, if Jesus' grace didn't strengthen us for that. Have you, let's talk about the gospel for a moment. Have, have you trusted Christ as your Savior? Have, have you believed that, that you are a sinner before God? And that your sin before God separates you from Him? And that, and that He must, because of His holiness, punish you in hell forever? Have, do you believe that? And have you trusted Christ and, and what He did on the cross for you to save you from your sins, to, to give you forgiveness? Have you turned from your sins and trusted in Jesus alone to save you? If that's your story, and if it's not your story, please believe the Gospel. Please do it now. And if it is your story then here, once again, Ephesians 2, 8-10. through 10, You've heard these many, many times. Hear them again. For by grace you have been saved through faith. 
And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Every single bit of your salvation, any any part of your salvation, you just any part of your salvation story is all from the grace of God. It's all just been given to you. It is the gift of God. It is not a result of works. No one may boast. Verse 10, and then, and then, and then here's the kicker for today, for, for what we want to hear today. For we are His workmanship. We are, we are, we are God's craftsmanship. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So if you have, by the grace of God, believed the gospel, then then you are the workmanship of God. You have been created in Christ Jesus for good works, for great things. And so anything you do that's great in this life is 100% because of the grace of Jesus. And so this is so helpful for us when we are on that hunt for recognition, when we are starting to rank ourselves and, and consider who we're better than and who we're worse than and how, how we should be appreciated. That person got appreciated, we should be appreciated. When we're, when we're sorting through all of that, when we're fighting against all of that, we can remember the grace of Jesus. We can remember that anything we do that is worthwhile in this life is because God has given us the ability and the desire to do it. That's why they're called gifts. One of the funniest, most ironic things in this world is people who are, who are proud of their gifts. People who know they are gifted, and so they live their lives in arrogance. That is the most backwards thing. Gift means you don't deserve it. It was given to you. To be proud of your gifts is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. My child receives something for their birthday, which most of them do most birthdays. Not always. Totally depends on what mood I'm in. My child receives something. They, they, they bring their gift and show their friends. Their friends are, man, you are awesome. You are awesome. You got that gift. You, you're incredible. That makes no sense. But isn't that often how life on earth works. We call them gifts, which inherently means that we received them from someone else. We say gifts all the time. That's a gifted person. Well, who gifted that to them? Where did they get that gift from? Why do we look at someone's giftedness and celebrate them rather than the giver? Because we're silly people. We're silly people and we don't always think things through all the way. But if we did, we wouldn't celebrate the gift. We wouldn't celebrate the gifted one. We would celebrate the giver, wouldn't we? This is so good for us to remember when we are pursuing greatness, because I want you to pursue greatness. I want you to be a great person, the way Jesus defines greatness. I want you to I want you to walk worthy of the gospel. The way the way forward here though, number 1 is we 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 must remember the grace of Jesus. Remember the grace of Jesus. And then number 2, the second way we pursue greatness the way Jesus wants us to. Number 2, 
is we serve in the name of Jesus. We serve in the name of Jesus. Jesus says to them, whoever receives this child, in verse 48, whoever receives this child in my name, said that in my name, that shows up in this little story and it shows up in, our, in, our, in verses 49 and 50 as well. That's a very important phrase. So, whoever receives this child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For he who is least among you all is the one who is great. So it's hard for us to... to um, and I don't... I mean, you don't have to admit it. It's fine. You can pretend like you don't compare yourself in ways to other people, that you're not sizing yourself up and saying, yeah, I'm a better you know, spouse or better parent than those people. I'm doing a better job with my kids. I'm, I'm, doing a, I'm a better employee. I'm, a more, I'm, a, I'm, a better, I'm just a better church member. I'm a more honest person. You don't have to say that you're doing that. You don't have to say that that's a strong temptation for you. You can lie. You can keep it a secret. It's fine. Your secret is safe with all of us. But for those moments when you are struggling with the comparison game, it's a game we all know is stupid. We know it's a terrible way to live. We know that, that doing the comparison thing is ridiculous. It just, it leads to, it leads to jealousy and envy and self-righteousness and arrogance. It's just, it's no way to live. And it, we never feel better. But it's hard to stop comparing ourselves to other people. So Jesus is gonna to say to his disciples here, let's stop talking about who is the greatest. That's dumb. Let's be done talking about, about comparisons and let's just talk for a moment about what it means to be great. And he says, here's how you do it. You receive this child in my name, Jesus says. Jesus says, if you want to be great, then you receive this child in my name. What does that mean? Jesus' point here is that the, the great people are the ones who serve in small ways that no one knows about except for God. To, to receive, when, the, when the disciples heard, receive this small child, what they heard was, what Jesus meant by that to them was, was to show hospitality to them, to greet them as a guest of honor, to give them a place at the table, to, to invite them in, to, to engage with them, to be kind to them, to treat them like they're a human. And he says to do so in the name of Jesus, which adds a very important, it adds a vital layer to this. It, it means that you, you serve this person because they belong to Jesus. You serve them in a way that honors Jesus. It, you serve them in a way that helps them to love and follow Jesus. You, you serve them because they belong to Jesus, helping them to honor Jesus in a way that moves the Gospel forward. It's, it's all about the name of Jesus. Now, what would that look like in our lives? Well, it could literally be a child that you're kind to. Uh, think about your own children. Do you show gospel hospitality to your own children? Do you spend time with your own children listening to them and talking with them and, and helping them to understand how wonderful Jesus is? This, this could be a, a, um, like our, our, mentor, our ladies' mentoring ministry something. It, it could, this could be that. This could be just a, a just, this could be a, a, a lady in the church who's walking alongside a, a young mom in the church who's feeling lonely. 
You're just, you're just helping them to connect what they're doing every single day to the, to, the, to the glories of the Gospel. You're helping them to understand why what they're doing advances the Kingdom of God. Why what they're doing is, is significant in the, in the family of God. You're just coming alongside of them and, and encouraging them because they belong to Jesus and you want Jesus' name to be honored in their lives and you want Jesus' name to be honored in the church. And so you're just coming alongside them and being kind to them and, and, and opening up your life to them. This could be someone you invite over from church. This could be someone you invest your, your time or your skills, your talents with them with a, with a project or just getting to know them better. This, this, this could be uh, helping out financially. All in the name of Jesus, which means all because they belong to Jesus and you belong to Jesus and you want to see the name of Jesus pushed forward in this world and you want to see the people in your life Follow Jesus. Trust Him and love Him. And, and, the, and the small child part of this, this, this brings this element of no one else knows. There's, there's no way that this would be seen as just this amazing, significant thing. This, this is not about recognition. It's not about the ranking it gives you. It's not about the mentions you get on Facebook. It's just, it's not about any of that. There'd be no way to compare what you're doing to what other people are doing. Because it's not about that. It does, it does really nothing for you as far as your reputation, your public reputation. This is under the radar. This is, and, and Jesus calls us to serve Him in this way because this is the way, this is the, 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 the ultimate way that He served us, that He was kind to us, that He loved us. The, the, the cross is the most under-the-radar path to greatness ever. It is the, it is the most humility. It is, the, it is the, the most powerful example of someone who could care less about their reputation. Humble themselves. The glory of their Father for the sake of you and me. This is greatness. When you are flying under the radar and you are helping someone bear their burden, this could be listening to them, this could be helping them with a project, this could be helping them financially, this, this could be trying, trying to speak the truth to them, just trying to love them, trying to walk with them. This is trying in small ways to encourage people to love and follow Jesus. Parents, do you do this with your children? Church members, do you do this with with people around you? If you do, when you do, that, that is what Jesus calls greatness. It's done in His name. And, and Jesus says, when you do this, whoever receives this child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives him who sent me. This is, Jesus is saying, when you are, when you are being kind to that under the radar person who belongs to me, when you are being kind in that under the radar way in my name, you are showing hospitality to me, Jesus says. You are, you are inviting me into your life. 
You are, you are giving me a seat of honor. And if you are giving me a seat of honor, you are giving my Father, the one who sent me, the seat of honor. Is there anything greater than this? Do you need any more greatness than that? And so these things are, these, these things, remembering the grace of Jesus and serving in the name of Jesus, these are, these are things that just do not come naturally to our minds and to our hearts. This is not how we think of significance. This is not how we think of a worthy life. This is just not how we think. We are being programmed all the time to think almost completely opposite of this in, in ways that are all about public recognition, all about comparisons, all about rankings. If you, I, um, I'm, I'm fascinated by uh, like the five greatest blank of all time. Like the five greatest, uh, here's one everybody will care about, Detroit Pistons of all time. I, I love when some, somebody on Facebook publishes, here's the five greatest Detroit Pistons of all time, and then everybody's just arguing about it. Because we just, we love to think in those terms. Who is the greatest? Where do I rank? At least I'm better than that person. I pointed over there to where Mark Ziegler was standing. So that's just kind of what I was thinking in that moment. At least I'm better than Mark. I'm not as good as my wife. I'm better than her too. I'm better than all these people. What am I talking about? But we, we, we have a hard time not comparing ourselves, not doing ranking things. It's, it's, it's hard to pursue greatness and fight against pride. Jesus is helping us here. He says, remember the grace of Jesus and, and serve in the name of Jesus. And then finally, number three, rejoice in the fame of Jesus. Rejoice in the fame of Jesus. Verses 49 through 50. Say, and this is a, so this is a few, this is not right at the same time. Luke is just putting these stories together because they go together thematically. They're, they're, they're both under the heading of the disciples don't get it because they're stupid. Um, and so it kind of goes, that's, that's what's connecting these two stories together. But I don't think these happen back to back. Um, but probably close enough where John should have known better. John answered, verse 49, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he does not follow with us. But Jesus said to him, do not stop him, for the one who is not against you is for you. So here's another just really, really practical thing you can do to to pursue greatness and to fight against pride. To, To pursue greatness... But to, but to leave comparison and recognition and all of that behind. And here it is. You rejoice in the fame of Jesus even when it means other people are being recognized. Or, or maybe we should say, especially when other people are being recognized. Because what we, what we know obviously is that, is that there is a lot of public recognition in following Jesus. Like, there is. There is. A lot of people get recognized publicly for what they do in the service of Jesus. So it's, it's not like it's, it's a sin if someone publicly appreciates you. It's not like it's a sin if, if you obviously get recognition. It would be very hard for me 
to preach a sermon and, and have nobody know that I was the one who preached it. You know, that's just, I mean, there's, so, so there is a little bit of public, um, recognition that comes along with serving Jesus, obviously. And, and we also know, um, we, we also know what it's like, um, to be serving Jesus, to be faithful to the church, to being kind to the people around you, and, uh, and you get zero appreciation. In fact, people, some people even maybe even think the worst of you. you the, the only press release you get, the only, the only PR you get is, is negative. The only thing that's being said out, you, out there about you is, is untrue, unfair, negative stuff. And then, um, somebody else serves Jesus, serves the church, is a blessing to others. God works through their lives and, and they get public recognition. They get appreciation for it. You say, well, I don't care about that. Actually, you do. You do. You don't need to pretend. It's frustrating. It's unfair. It's unjust. We don't know much about this man who was casting out demons. We know that this story happens right after the uh, disciples can't cast out the demon from, from last week, from the, for the, the, the demon that was in that boy. The disciples fail. But here's this other dude who's not even with them. He's not a part of the official group. He doesn't have the varsity jacket. He's not... I mean, he doesn't even get their newsletter. This guy's just not even... He's doing his own thing. Didn't go to seminary. He's independent. He's an independent Baptist. This ain't no good. What's this guy doing? John's like, I put a stop to that. I put a stop to that. Jesus says, don't do that. He says, if, if he's not against you, then he's for you. Now, we're going to see the flip side of this in a couple of weeks. The opposite of this is true as well. We'll get there. But the point Jesus is making, and by opposite I mean Jesus is also going to have to tell his disciples, those who are not for you are against you. And so there's a, there's a sharp, harsh side of this coin as well. But we're looking at the kind side of it right now. And Jesus is telling his disciples, this man is, he is casting out demons in my name. Jesus is being honored. Jesus is being made famous. That's ultimately what matters. We don't know much about this story. We wish we knew a little bit more. We don't know all the details of the story, but we know that this man was casting out demons in the name of Jesus. That Jesus was the one being honored. And of course, what also meant is that this man is receiving some recognition. He's re- receiving some appreciation. He's, he's, he's building up a little bit of a reputation. The disciples are having a hard time with that. Jesus' point to them is he is being honored. Jesus is being honored. Jesus is being made famous, and that's what matters. I think the most shocking um, way we see this in the New Testament is with Paul in Philippians 1, where 
Paul says, Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the Gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. That's always, every time I read Philippians, that's surprising to me. That, that Paul knows that there's these, there's these nut jobs out there who are preaching the gospel, but they're, they're, and they're, they're truly preaching Christ. They're truly proclaiming Christ, but they're doing it out of selfishness. They're doing it trying to afflict Paul and his imprisonment. This is, it's ridiculous. It's immature. It's frustrating. And Paul says, I rejoice. Because to Paul, the thing that matters is that Christ is being made famous. It's the fame of Jesus. This is a good word for us. I have, uh, I have five or six friends in town. I just hung out with one last night, actually. Um, uh, pastors in town. And, they're, and, and I love them. They're good guys. In the last year, we have... We, I mean, they have they have been with me, and they have they have we have wept together, we have rejoiced together, they, we have prayed for each other, we have grown together. They love Jesus. They all preach Christ. They all preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now they're all different than me. Some of them very different than me. And in all the ways that they are different, they are wrong. And I tell them that. <laughs> I tell them that. Um, and. It, doesn't work. It doesn't. How I haven't changed any of them. I, I haven't helped any of them. I don't know why. What's going on? God blesses their church. God brings fruit to their churches, to their ministries. And when He does, I am called to rejoice. We are different. And, and we are different in important ways. There are reasons that there are local churches. That there are different local churches. But when God blesses them, we rejoice. This is a good word for us just within this church because oftentimes we say, man, I would, I would do that very differently than that family does it. I would do that very differently. When, when that happens, and yet we still see God bringing fruit to their labors and even bringing maybe some, 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 some situations where they're, they're recognized and they're appreciated. We rejoice because, because Jesus is being made famous. I want to live a great life. I want to live a life that is worthy of the Gospel. I do. I want to live a life that's worthy of the Gospel. I, and I, I mean, if that's, if that's what people say about me... Um, I, if that's what people say about me when I die, if they say two things, if they say he lived a life worthy of the gospel and he spent his 40s preaching through the book of Luke, if that's, I mean, <laughs> it's golden right there. I want to live a life that's worthy of the gospel and I want you to as well. That's tr- truly great. I want you to live truly significant, truly great lives. I want, you to, I want you to do real service in the name of Jesus. 
Because of your life, like because of your individual life, I want the gospel to be made um, to be made known even more. I want more because of your individual life. I want more disciples in the kingdom of God. I want more people in the family of God. I want more people who love God more than they did before they knew you. I want that for you. That's a significant life. That's a that's a life that really matters. And for ninety nine point nine percent of us, that that. Almost all of that's going to be us flying into the radar. No one's going to know. No one's going to, the most significant stuff you do, no one else will probably know. And that's okay. It's okay. I want you to pursue actual greatness with your life. And I want you to fight hard against pride as long as you live. And so we can do this if we remember the grace of Jesus. If we serve in small ways in the name of Jesus, and no matter who is getting the recognition out there, we rejoice in the fame of Jesus. That's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for me. Let's pray together. God, we thank You for Your Word. And we thank You once again for the cross of Jesus Christ where we saw this in all of its in all of its humble splendor, we, we saw true greatness in the cross of Jesus Christ. We saw, the, we saw the one who actually had a great reputation. And we, and we saw as he humbled himself and made himself of no reputation. Who willingly and gladly flew under the radar and and even more, humbled himself to a, to a violent, bloody, shameful death on the cross so that we could be brought in. Help us to never forget this great grace, God. Help us to never forget it. Help us to remember that's why we're in. We're in 100% because of Jesus' grace. So I pray, God, that you would help us to, to be on the lookout for for ways where we can serve in His great name, for the sake of His great name. And then anytime we have the opportunity, help us to rejoice when He is being made famous. Help us to be great. Help us to fight pride. In Jesus' great name we pray. Amen.